Um, we're live. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out. This is the pre-show where we talk about what we're going to do on the show. Thanks, everybody, for joining. The pre-show. Holiday Sunday. It's American it's holiday. It's anyway. not a holiday. It's American holiday. It's anyway. not a holiday. The banks are already closed. <laughs> Uh, yeah, thanks everybody. This is the pre-show where we talk about what we're going to do on the show. Uh, segment one, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about that big event happening today, at least a little bit. Uh, do we do we really want to talk got, about the big event? Got some 2021 sales figures to talk oh. about. New DC event announced. Uh, a new Secret Invasion prequel comic. Uh, and then depending on how much time we have left uh new milestone book announced uh new x-men villain and then yes of course book of a boba fett the finale i sure do love my kaiju fights <laughs> yeah he's a tiny he's a tiny kaiju he's very tiny kaiju he's baby baby kaiju uh got some peanut butter in food news uh, no moment of destruction because again, I I contributed something, and the, you you contributed lame things. <laughs> Girls dressed up to look like cosplay, uh, Transformers is lame. Uh, yeah, and but it's Lego, a legit. It's a legit product. Of it me. is. I know. I think the Busuji Busuji whatever Busudo. it's called. I think is lame. I think it's weird. No kink shaming here. That's just my opinion. There's no kink shaming in those. And, Actually, my only complaint, <laughs> my only complaint about the Megatron, my only complaint yeah. about the Megatron one is they should they should have given her longer hair and bangs okay. so she could pull off that that head style that Megatron had, the G1 Megatron had. Give yeah. her a give her a, a, a Sasuke carry uh, from Kill the Kill oh, haircut. To you. You're too you're too you're in too deep, bro. Uh, and the Transformers Lego thing you said is still a rumor, but very exciting rumor. It sucks. I got to buy another fucking Optimus Prime. But uh, to the comments, and Andy, you know hey, man, you will do it. Oh, I will definitely buy an Optimus Prime Lego. Fuck yeah. To go with the 10 I have up here. Uh, but hey, hey, Andy, thanks for coming by. Yes, uh, we'll talk about the foosball in just a moment. Uh, and then we'll wrap it up with some comic book reviews. Kind of a weak week. But we'll see how it goes. Uh, Dave, do you have anything to add to this week's show besides naked Autobots uh, or Lego? That, that Optimus Prime is not naked. Actually, oh, the hairstyle, the hairstyle actually really works well with her, too. Very hot figures. Mm. Mm, Cybertronian beach action. Now, the thing I don't get is why they didn't like choose to do like RC and Alita 1. Dude, that doesn't make any sense in the context of the dude. The only other cool ones of these that I've seen, what you're talking about, were like Freddy Krueger, Mike Myers, like Texas Chainsaw has one. Basically, what they do is they take really hot girls, turn them into statues, and then add themes that don't really match at all. Hey, Taylor. Hi, Taylor. I was talking about David's Transformers things there. Yeah, the, the, do they have those, like, that style of uh, statue for anything you can imagine? It's well, yeah, I totally believe it. I mean, I never thought there was an audience out there for, hey, should we make a sexy Optimus Prime? Should we Prime? make a sexy Optimus Prime? Should we make a Megatron that gets people hard? You know? <laughs> but apparently that's a thing. Yeah. So. Uh, awesome. <laughs> On that note, let's start this. I don't know what else to say to that. It's a Megatron that gets you hard. 
Oh my gosh, there's all kinds of stuff they've added. Hold on, let's try this. Gomer has discovered the features. Background music. That's way oh. too classy sounding for this. Now show. you now you and your friends <laughs> have met in a in a tavern. We're not that this cool, Gomer. You need to get rid yeah, of it. Yeah, we're not. Uh yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I miss Adam. Mm-hmm. I think we we are at fault this week though for the Dutch showing up. A bunch of goddamn nerds. Oh. True. Nerds. nerds. Sports themed. Sports themed this week. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, kinda. At least he's not a giant finger. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I wish I didn't. Yeah, right. Welcome back to this early Sunday edition of this Geek and Comics Out Geekery's comic book shit talk show. Shit talk show. Gomer, aka David Taylor. Uh, Adam was set to come back this week, but we were kind of late on letting him know that we were going to start early. I'm not sure what you mean by we. I mean, you're the one who sent out the message. I know. I did speak with him in a separate chat, and he's just been so busy. You know, his work is actually moving locations, so he's just really beat. You know, he's having to move stuff back and forth around Nashville. I get that. Um, But, yeah, I mentioned, hey, you're going to be for the show. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll definitely be there. And then just earlier today, like noon, I was like, oh, yeah, we doing the show early because there's a big football game on. And I think we could have. I mean, we'll we probably get the same amount of the big game, and we we'll probably, probably get the same amount of ratings. viewers that we do <laughs> when there's not a big Super Bowl go going on. But Super Bowl, um, yeah, Super Bowl going on. But I actually want to watch at least a halftime show in the commercials. Halftime show is right up my alley. I mean, they kind of get even the nerd market now because they're going to be dropping a bunch of trailers and shit, you know? Oh, for sure, dude. Yeah. Uh, And not that everything isn't already available for the most part, like just before the Super Bowl, you know what I mean? If you just wanted to, or just after, you know, if you just wanted to skip it. But True enough. Halftime this year is like, 90s gangster rap, smoking weed, smacking Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre, and they had to grab out the practice materials <laughs> with yeah. red hot chili peppers. Anybody who is into the halftime show this this year at the Super Bowl, please schedule your colonoscopy. That's very important. But speaking of the Super Bowl, Super Bowl LVI for Lovey. Levi. Lovey. Uh, who you got, guys? Uh, I got the Bengals by a touchdown. That's my guess for this year's big, big game. You know, I, but this year, like, I don't know, like, who I would really favor. I also don't really have a rooting interest for the first time in a while. Like, I've never felt this neutral about a Super Bowl that I can remember because at least when, like, you know, Tom Brady's in there, I can be like, I want Tom Brady to lose. So whoever is playing Tom Brady beat him. Yeah. You know? Somehow he's retired, not playing in the game. I still think he's going to be the MVP. That's just me, though. I don't. <laughs> Man, fuck him. He would find a piece of shit. Oh well. So who you got? I'll go ahead and say the Rams. I think that you know they seem pretty evenly matched to me, and the Rams are playing in their home stadium, which I know that won't necessarily give them a big crowd advantage. But 
you know, they got to use their facilities and you yeah, know, not have to, to travel all week. Room. I don't think like, they get, might give them a bit of an edge, you know? They get to sleep in their own beds. Yeah, you know, and that, you know, that's uh, not nothing. It's not. You're absolutely right. Uh, no spread on that. You don't have any point games. Nah. I think, I think it'll be close, but I oh, couldn't get more specific than that. Uh, Dave, do you have a prediction or and do you give a shit? I don't give a shit because awesome. one of these on teams the I don't give a fuck about. <laughs> uh, on the flip side of that, what are we hoping for in terms of commercials, trailers? I I'm mean, hoping I to see some like more clips from Moon Knight. Maybe that's coming out like next month. You know, yep, so they're probably going to be building up that, that hype machine. Uh, are we getting a trailer for this uh, Lord of the Rings show on Amazon? We could. I mean, we're getting pretty close to that time, so you know, it'd be yeah. a good time for it. And they did drop. The they did drop a bunch of images. They did all these character posters and mm. things. Very cool. Very exciting. I'm very stoked to to just revisit this universe. I kind of feel like at this point. Because, all right, the Hobbit trilogy, not bad at all. Not but bad, not, yeah. not Lord of the Rings. Well, okay, yeah, Lord of the Rings book. is my favorite set of movies of all time. So yeah. the Hobbit was never going to live up to that. And that's, sure. you know, not fair to expect it to. And I don't think the show will either. But, oh, you know, I think it will be. It, it has the potential to be pretty cool. Yeah, it could be fun. It's yeah. stories we have not really seen adapted to live action before. Um, as far as I'm aware, not even like back in like the sixties when they were making all those schlocky adaptations of Lord of the Rings, they never attempted <laughs> animated this, you know? shit, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like Lord of the Rings, I kind of feel the same way as I do with Star Wars. Revisiting that place is always fun, you know? Uh, all right, well, let's get into news then, I guess. Uh, industry inside news, not really inside, it was released, but uh, good news for the uh, industry overall. Um, comic book sales, uh, graphic novels were up 65% in 2021, periodicals up 49% in 2021. Uh, according to figures released by BookScan, graphic novel sales in 21 were up 65% from 2020. Uh, now, mostly driven by you guessed it manga manga sales yeah i mean mm. manga is catching on more and more i mean the tv shows are getting more popular and so a lot of people are going to go back to that source material you know for sure for and sure. nowadays and nowadays oh with the anime series uh they can break in our ears there follow. dude yeah what they can I? just follow it right up dude yeah um but most sectors uh, showed growth. Uh, second part of that news, uh, Comicron's John Jackson Miller projects that 2021 direct market comic shop sales were up 36%, $600 yeah. million, dollars, with comics uh, up nearly 50%. Hmm. Um, so yeah, the direct market sales of comic books and graphic novels projected around $600 million. When the projections for DC and Random House are added to the diamond total, all right, so these are still projections, okay? It's an overall increase of around 160 million or 36% over 2020, and an increase of about 40, 14% from uh, over the pandemic year of 2019. Comic books were a large part of it. Um, so yeah, finally on this, all right, because we're talking about overall comic shop health, Wizards of the Coast sold over 950 million dollars in tabletop games 
in 2021. Uh, just huge. I mean, magic yeah, DVD. I mean, we are living in the golden age of nerdy activities, you know? It really does. Well, at least like in the that. sense that, like, <laughs> D&D is so ubiquitous now, right? Yes. Like, we're yep. so used to this idea of, like, you know, being a pariah for, like, liking tabletop games. Or at the very least, you know, not On expecting people to not expecting people to like you know share the interest at the very least. Yeah, right? it's it still feels fringe. Now, how much yeah. of this, how much of this is factored by uh, critical role? Uh, it I wasn't mean, heard, I'm sure. You know. Yeah, and and what you mean by critical role is entertainment, the entertainment side, correct? I mean, yeah, not, I mean, not just critical like, role, but we have a wealth of different uh, podcasts and like, yeah, celebrity yeah. shows like based around people playing. Yeah, Dark like and Dicey, and, like yeah. Adventure Time and all these other not Adventure Time, um, Adventure Zone. Yeah, Adventure Time yeah. fits in there a little bit, you a know, little it, bit, it but like off that, that stuff. It's kind of got, I guess, some D&D <laughs> energy to it, I suppose. Oh, for sure. but. Uh, so tabletop games accounted f- for 74% of the $1.3 billion in sales for the entire segment. Uh, it grew at a blistering 44% rate. Digital games uh, were 26% of that segment, okay? Uh, the gaming segment from Wizards of the Coast uh, reported an operating profit of $547 million for the year. That's 72% of Hasbro's total operating profit. That's amazing, dude. 72% of Hasbro's overall profit came from D&D and, and Magic cards, basically. That blows my mind. You yeah, know, this company that, that is making billions of dollars off Transformers movies and selling, you know, all these action figures, got Marvel contracts, you know, just doing everything. That's not where the money's at. The money is in books and cards. Yeah, just and, Wizards, my mind. and Wizards has been putting out a lot of just like, you know, really uh, like the secret layer kind of releases and stuff. So it's not like, a, yeah, it's not like, you know, you're just getting like your core set and your type, your type two sets. Well, they had that like D&D these, set uh, too, you know. Yeah, the D&D, really D&D set, that D&D set was, you know, would be considered like type two. Yeah. Uh, but they have like, you know, uh, these, these like little one-off or not one-off deals, but these li- like limited releases of like the secret layer. And they have, they've had a lot of crossovers. Like uh, most recently I can remember walking dead crossover. Exactly. That's, that's really a, an inventive way to sell your product, you know, and get it into the hands of people who wouldn't otherwise buy it, but your stuff is being sold in that same space. It's just, it's genius. Over on the D and D side of things, all these damn books cost like fifty bucks a pop. So yeah, they're definitely getting a lot of return on the sales there. Oh, for sure. And Uh, they put out like about three, four books a year. Yeah, I was about to say like the pipeline for putting out books is so much more than it used to be. I think there were at least uh, three or four books that came out just last year. There was um, Tasha's. I'm not sure if Fizzband's Treasury of Dragons got in under the wire there. Fizzband's Treasury of Dragons came out like late. Yeah, and there's also I think they also had that uh, that Magic the Gathering like college setting like Grimhaven Uh, or something. Strixhaven. That's it. Strixhaven. Yeah, uh, and so, got, I know they've got two books already. Uh, one's coming out next month, and then there's another one after that. The uh, yeah. uh, that that uh, follow up to um, the Critical Role book, the the Wilds uh, the Wild Mount book. They've got the the Nether Deep. Yeah, and but yeah, got like another Mordecai book coming out. They are really yeah, cranking right. these things out, though. Is the bottom line, and they are starting not to toot our own horns here, but you know they finally started listening to us, and you know exactly. releasing. Um, 
magic D D like synergy here you know yeah more is more dude and and i if you I'm give them genuinely they shocked want. they weren't doing this like 10 years ago it seems you know like such low-hanging fruit to combine yeah. these two fantasy properties I those don't, I don't properties care. shake hands really well and Easy. you own both of them why the fuck haven't you been doing this yeah uh so this franchises dungeons and dragons and magic magic and D are set to have on-screen adaptations later this year and into next year. It's an animated magic uh, show on Netflix and a live series D&D uh, movie and a series. A I'm live action the, series and a movie for d I'm hoping the D&D thing won't will like kind of embrace like a goofy angle, honestly. Like <sighs> the lore of D&D is fine, but like I feel like you get a lot more out of it if you kind of capture like like I've seen like people making joke posts about all yeah. the characters should be pl- like whenever a character dies, they get replaced by the same actor in a different role. Just, yeah, well, that that's that's kind of happening yeah. with the uh, the Legend of Vox Machina. It is in a yes, way they are doing that, uh, and then all the speaking uh, characters beside the main party are all played by the same actor, just like dressed right. up in different clothes. Right. Uh, Chris Cox uh, will be taking over as the head of CEO or the CEO of Hasbro uh, starting on February 25th. He currently serves as the president and COO of Wizards of the Coast. Uh, so, yeah, this is definitely a uh, a move that makes sense, given these numbers. Right. Uh, terrible name. Best job in the fucking world. Chris Cox. Uh, all right. Moving on from that. But just to say, you know, overall for those stories. Comic shops are in a great spot right now. Yeah, and I love to hear it. Yeah, me too. Uh, helping out, Dark Crisis is coming. Uh, the next tentpole event for is DC. This going to be like into the happening. dark universe? Not really. Uh, after the death of the Justice League, which we all know is coming, we have talked about it before. Um, it that ha- it's happening in Justice League number seventy-five, but it is setting up something bigger. Joshua Williamson and Daniel Sampier, uh, team for. Seven issue event series, Dark Crisis. Uh, there's going to be a free comic book day, Dark Crisis number zero, and a one shot Justice League Road to Dark Crisis will be on sale May 31st. Here are some of the covers to those. Honestly, I'm just excited that Bendis isn't writing it. Yeah, you know, no shit. I, I'm no much shit. more excited. I'm much more likely to read this event with Joshua Williamson being the writer, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the original Crisis on Infinite Earths, Wolfman and Perez, uh, the homeworld of Pariah, along with the infinite multiverse, was obliterated. Now this mad soul survivor has found a way to bring his homeworld and the infinite multiverse back from the dead. Earth Zero must die. An ancient destructive force called the Great Darkness, which first appeared in Swamp Thing by Alan Moore, is the weapon Pariah will wield to pave to rebirth and vengeance blah 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 so there you go i'm honestly uh, surprised they haven't used dark crisis yet you know it seems like yeah it's pretty common given it seems like the type of name you would come up with if you were trying to do like a parody of a dc crisis right but you know it's i'll like probably check doing, it out like i'm liking this artwork i like joshua out. williamson so yeah this this looks like it should be pretty cool yeah, I'm definitely checking this out. It looks really fucking cool. Uh, we've also learned about some of the bad guys. Pariah is pulling the strings, but it looks like it's going to be. And this is just a snippet this taken is like from a, a, a bigger picture. Looks like we Eclipse. got Eclipso, uh, 
Doomsday. Dark side. Doomsday. Yeah, Doomsday back there. Aries. Why the fuck is Deathstroke with all of these like I have cosmic no idea. beings? That's idiotic. And he's at the forefront there. So I don't know if, if that's if, such if, nonsense. It's I mean, weird, dude. These but are Necron, all like extinction level bad guys, right? and then just a fucking mercenary, you know? Yeah. They uh, gotta have somebody to deal with Batman. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair uh, enough. <laughs> so yeah, this this looks pretty cool. Spectre is in there too for some reason. I don't know if he's going to actually be a bad guy or not, but he's usually neutral in these things. Uh, uh, but okay, let's talk about Dan Didio and 5G. Jace Fox became the new Batman. John Kent became the new Superman. Yara Floor is on her way to becoming the new Wonder Woman. Jackson Hyde, again, he's got his own little event happening, but he's on his way. And Punchline definitely for sure became the new Harley Quinn as Harley, you know, had this nice streak, this good streak. So while they threw that away, it feels like it's they're still doing it. And this Dark Crisis feels like, because it's talking about how, you know, Crisis on Infinite Earths, Pariah, you know, the whole Infinite Universe was obliterated, and he's trying to bring it back. That kind of feels like they were going to, what they were talking about with 5G. So it's like, what is really going on at DC Comics? Uh, again, I'm excited for this event, but yeah, wow. I it, mean, what is going on? I don't know what the hell happened that uh, imploded 5G in the first place. Maybe yeah. it was the fact that it had an incredibly stupid name. Right. But I don't know. I don't begrudge them just like picking through their own recycling bin, you know? Yeah. Oh, for you know, sure. I mean, it probably had good bones. It just had, you know, yeah, some a bad outer skin. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility. Uh, I'm not sure. We will have more on that as we get more on that. Uh, talking about big events, the Secret Invasion was a 2008 eight-issue series by Bendis and Francis Yu that was really sort of peak Marvel at the time, you know, in terms of the decade of decadence that Bendis had doing all his events. But they are doing a prequel, sequel, prequel? I have no I idea. Know. Incredible Squirrel Girl writer Ryan North will write a five-issue limited Secret Invasion series. Uh, Francesco Mobili will do the art. It's not a sequel, although the 2008 event will not be wiped away and the characters will remember what happened. The new series stands alone as a complete story. Um, North is saying that this is really going to be Maria Hill's story. Now, are they trying to capitalize on the coming secret war? Of course they or are. Or secret invasion that, that is in my Well, yeah. I mean, they exactly want... exactly what they are doing. I mean, what are they else are they going to do? Like, release, like, a new volume of the secret invasion from a few years ago? This seems yeah, like a much cares. more profitable way to do it. Now, I didn't mind secret invasion. I thought it was a I liked it story. quite yeah. a bit. There was a lot to like about it. Um, but... There was an issue in there, issue four or five, where Iron Man has a complete fucking breakdown because he doesn't know if he's a scroll or not. He doesn't know what his next move should be. And it was so poignant and, and meaningful to me at that time. Uh, yeah, there's a special place in my heart for, for Secret Invasion. It was a whole lot of fun. Uh, but but yeah, yeah I mean, back. Brian North is a great writer. Yeah. I, I'm surprised to hear his name attached to this, though. He usually does more kind of like lighthearted stuff lighthearted smaller stuff that being um, said he wrote um an issue of that uh that like horror anthology they were doing towards the end of last year oh um, yeah yeah i forget what it was called the dark hold stuff dark hold that issue with iron man that he wrote that was yeah. creepy as shit nice. so he actually does nice. a pretty solid job writing a horror story so man the man's got range i guess we'll see what he does with this too i'm excited i'm excited to see it 
you know uh i'm not all in on the whole thing like i am for dark crisis but i'm definitely checking out the first issue yeah uh, something i am definitely in on uh more announcements over at the dakota verse all otherwise known as milestone blood syndicate returns uh dc and milestone media confirmed plans today to launch blood syndicate season one on may 10th comic book shops and digital platforms um so yeah dude uh blood syndicate was one of those things that popped out of milestone back in the day the three main guys are coming back tech nine wise son and fade um so yeah it's a new incarnation it reunites the, the original members um Icon and Rocket have been cleaning up the streets of drug trafficking. Uh, other bang babies have been uh, forming rival gang factions at this time. Holocaust has been doing some recruiting of his own, gathering a superpowered army to rule Paris Island with an iron fist as he gains more and more influence. Who's looking out for the people when the other Dakota heroes aren't around? And what secrets are Wise Sun Tech Nine hiding from their time overseas? Uh, man, this just sounds like it's picking up right where the other you know series went off and milestone shit has been dope yeah um i'm looking i'd like the way that yeah like they're making it sound like they're really you know dovetailing the series together pretty well and yeah this static especially but also icon and rocket and hardware is probably the weakest weakest of the bunch but it's still pretty good it's still good yeah yeah, yeah. uh icon so yeah, and rocket's it. been pretty good yeah so look out for that on may 10th uh dexter soy is doing a cover did I even tell you who was doing the art and the writing? Uh, Jeffrey Thorne is doing the uh, writing, and Chris Cross and Juan Castro are doing the art. So, uh, Back to Destiny of X, still coming. Uh, we'll talk about some of the books, uh, that some of the X books that are coming out uh, this week later on. But they uh, have announced that there's a new character called Mother Righteous who is coming to uh, Legion of X number two. In May, uh, Cy Spurrier and drawn by Jan Valzadula. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Yeah, I told you, man, I just got a bunch of shitty quick hits this week. It was a very light week in terms of news. Uh, Jamie McKelvey doing the Mother Righteous designs here. Um, I mean, she looks interesting, but like, I don't know how to react, you know, I don't exactly know what the whole deal is right now, yeah. Um, they don't really say a lot about her. She's not really a villain. She's not really a hero. Um, she's going to have this thing with Legion. So We talked about this before, but that know. Way of X book, which is basically what the same thing as this Legion of X book was, it was like a bottom book tier. A, it was a lot of good ideas, but like it really went up its own ass a it bunch. Was, yeah, it was definitely bottom tier. Uh, I got... I got a lot of confidence that the potential is going to be seen in these X books, but uh, otherwise, yeah, I'm not sure. Well, with Cy Spurrier writing, it's going to be pretty yeah, good. Yeah, he wrote a pretty good, a good writer. He um, wrote a pretty good book this week. Uh, it didn't make my top three, but it was still solid. Mostly because of the art, though. Uh, all right, finally in news, last episode, the finale, uh, episode seven of the Book of Boba Fett, entitled In the Name of Honor. Uh, great episode, full of fun, full of action. Yeah. Um, uh, a bit predictable, I would say so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you knew that, that the mad. you know writing the rancor was going to happen at some point. Oh, you know? definitely, for sure. But okay, so I've seen people saying that there was like a lot of fan wankery 
on this episode. Oh, yeah, it was nothing but fan service. But, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. No, we we seem to get that with the Marvel movies, so I can't we get I that like with Star Wars. Oh, for sure, dude. Definitely. Uh, these droids. This got... was kind of yeah, the Avengers coming together from like oh. the the Boba Fett or, or like the uh, the Mando era at least, you know. Yeah. yeah. These droids learned how to shoot from stormtroopers, obviously, because they didn't kill a single person. No, they really suck. But, they um, were just fucking the, the evolution worst. of droidicas. Yeah. That wall that the good guys hide behind, that thing must have been the sturdiest motherfucking wall in this damn town. It because everything else was being torn apart like you know, fucking paper mache, but that wall stood up Say to like all you want about sand, Anakin. The sand on Tatooine is strong. <laughs> it's as strong as Beskar. But like <laughs> as so that's what that's a good that's indicative of like this whole episode to me though, because like that's stupid, but I don't mind. You know, exactly like they did a lot of things that you just kind of have to accept that this doesn't really hold up to scrutiny, but it was in service of trying to give us something fun, you know. But yeah, Cad Bane and Boba's duel was pretty cool. Which is a a nice throwback to like some Clone War era uh, episodes. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I got the droid again. Uh, him eating the rancor eating some dude this is go to one of the pike yeah Yeah. these pikes are terrible either they can't fucking shoot either Uh, do the pikes taste like fish (laughs) i guess Uh, you'll have to ask the rancor but um yeah grogu was pretty yeah he was he was fun in this episode yeah Uh, i think the big takeaway here at the end was that Cobb vance is not dead of course we knew he wasn't um it's not necessarily so that cad bane died either he was beep 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 in there at the end uh, he's got all kinds of gizmos hooked up to him. So I think knows? they just kind of left that intentionally ambiguous. I mean, he could be dead or they could decide they have a use for him later. And so they exactly. left themselves an out. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing with Darth Maul. You know, he, he's you saw him fall in the pit. Everyone was like, oh, yeah, he's and dead. Ha- like, nah, he was he ain't like dead. cleaved in two. A thousand percent. They did not have plans to use him later, I would say. Dude, I don't think – I don't know. I, I think – I think Lucas left that open ended. Well, look at it this way: it Anakin survived being burned alive on a lava planet. That's true. So Every, I think nobody like, dies. There's okay? like super nobody science, dies. dark magics that. that I think the only good guys who died were like the pig monster dudes, uh, and even dude, dead, the, I'm not a hundred percent. The Gamorrean sure died. Yeah, yeah, and they didn't even get shot. The syndicate pushed them off a cliff like some bitches. So honestly, that's why I think that they honestly could be alive if they wanted them to be alive later. Yeah, they fell in a river. Gamorreans are pretty hardy. Yeah, they fell in a river. The only fucking people who die in this fucking franchise are the ones who die of a broken heart or choose to, you know? And even when you're fucking dead, your ghost is still running around. Or yeah. or, or basically are expendable. Yeah, exactly. Nobody fucking cares. Han Solo. So, but I guess we could also like talk about the series as a whole at this point. Let's do that. Been... That was the last thing on my list. Go ahead. Ah, well, looks like we're on the same page. Always, always. But... I like the show, but we've already talked about how this did this need to be its own series. It could have just we could have just had like a sidebar in season three of The Mandalorian if you wanted to do all this Boba Fett stuff. I think I think if they had just not called it the Book of Boba Fett and maybe called it Tales from the Outer Rim, it probably would have worked a lot better. Wow, listen to you. I guess, Uh, but that even that doesn't fix like not necessarily a problem, but. 
an issue with this show where two of those episodes were straight up episodes of the Mandalorian. They were. That's the if that's they the could only... not. You cannot watch season three of the Mandalorian without watching this, whatever they chose to call it. One hundred percent. That is a problem as well. But it's not like any Star Wars fan who would watch Mando season three is going to skip this. And it is think, on a streaming service that you already had anyway. So and I think th- they know what they're doing in that respect. Yeah, um, that makes it palatable. But still. I, w- I would have more of a problem with the Mando episodes if they weren't the two fucking best episodes of the series. They absolutely were. Yeah, so especially episode five. Mad. It's hard for me to be mad at that. Yeah, I mean, like, it does seem silly to be upset about something where, like, you enjoyed it. I think uh, that commenter last week at the Daisy Chain put it well. Yes. It's like they brought you the wrong cake. Yes. You know? I wanted chocolate I like this. cake. It's they brought good me cake. vanilla. I like yeah. vanilla cake, but I wanted chocolate cake. So uh, I'm stoked. I want a book of Boba Fett season two. I want more of, of this yeah. sort of shit. This felt more like a first chapter of the book of Boba Fett for sure. You could say that. Uh, I, I guess I, I, would also, I would also say, though, that like, the parts of this series I like the best were not the thing that we were expecting coming into it. Like <sighs> expectations were definitely a problem. The expectation show. was that we were going to see like, you know, star Wars Sopranos. Yes, We were going to see like, shit. yeah, gangster crime drama. And that was the least compelling part of this series. The stuff with Boba's past with the Banthas was more compelling. And certainly yeah. the stuff with Mando was yeah. more compelling. Again, not to say that the well with the sand people. Yeah, not yeah, yeah. But yeah, not to say that the gangster stuff was bad. It was just you know it, it was like probably it seat. yeah. It seemed like it was not the priority, and as a result, it was kind of the weakest part of this show. Yeah, yeah it seemed sure, like I a agree. lot of politicking, and there really wasn't a lot of politicking. I mean, it was sort of like they were doing gangster shit, but it wasn't like going and shooting each other. It was. Let's talk about the gangster shit we're going to do. And then they never did it. You know, I don't know. It was still solid. I still had a great time with it. It felt like a Western to me, you know, throughout. And yeah, I'm cool with that. So I definitely enjoyed it. But I feel like if I go back and rewatch it, knowing what I'm actually in for, I'll enjoy it more than, you know, going in and not getting what I was expecting, you know? Uh, cool. So, what's our next uh, Disney Plus MCU or? Um, yeah, it's going to be Star Moon Knight. Which Moon Knight, and month. we might get a potential May, trailer drop it? for uh, Obi Wan. Oh, Obi Wan is probably coming out in uh, the summer. I think Moon Knight. No, Obi Wan is coming out May twenty fifth. That's already been confirmed. Yeah. So I think that makes me think that Moon Knight is March. Hey, David, uh, research guy, could you uh, yeah, double check the release date for Moon Knight? Moon, Moon Knight is March. Uh, Hell yeah, it looks great. Uh, yeah. Everything we've seen so far, it looks like they're really going to capture the Spectre character, his craziness, his insanity, his heroism. Yeah, that which first is trailer very made it look trippy as balls, which yeah. is entirely appropriate for a show about Moon Knight. Yeah, yeah. and have you seen the new image of him in the Yes. Scene? Oh, yeah, uh, of him Mr. as uh, Knight. Mr. Knight. Knight. Yeah. yeah. That's a good uh, look for him. I'm glad they're bringing it into the show. Yeah, me too. Uh, so, yeah, we'll have more on TV whenever there is more TV to watch. Uh, let's get into some gross food news. Mmm, yummy. The exact drop date for the Moon Knight oh. is the 30th of March. Oh, good. David, so you were like a month. really coming in hot when we're coming off of the... Uh... Well, you said, you said research guy. Oh, yeah, you up. did great. No, not no. that. It's just like you were very you were you're loud. Very, you're very loud when we're coming in off of the uh, 
the clips that Gomer shares. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I no, not, it's not your fault. I haven't done any adjusting. To oh, I blame Gomer. But, it's my know. fault. Okay. Uh, food news this week. Zotac Gaming has released the first peanut butter for gamers. Uh, the world's first gamers peanut butter. Real freeze-dried blueberries and strawberries is added into their peanut butter. So How does that make have... it for gamers? I don't know. Uh, are you ready for the really gross part? I mean, it looks disgusting. It doesn't look great. It I don't think I... I don't bad. need that. I don't need fruit in my peanut butter. That just seems that that's gross. why we have yeah. jelly. This is why there's fruit in the peanut butter. Unlike other peanut butter, pong, which is what they're calling this, is made to be eaten directly from the spoon. So what you're gonna have, you're gonna have some fucking air on Halo, kicking your ass, and then sucking this shit off of the spoon. It's fucking nasty. This is available at jobbynutbutter.com. So it's like peanut butter yogurt then, I guess? I don't know if it's yogurt, but it's fucking gross. I don't know. It's nasty. I don't I'm, I'm gonna I, get I don't want this. I can't. <laughs> as soon as I, can. I can't wait. Well, I guess you can report in on that because, yeah, <laughs> that, that does not appeal to me. Right. Uh, no moment of destruction this week, although Dave did try his hardest to slip some things in. I did. I genuinely did. Yeah, he showed us that Megatron that's supposed to get you hard. <laughs> uh, if Optimus Prime Lego is confirmed, it's only a rumor right now, we will showcase it on a future uh, moment of destruction because you know I'll have to buy that damn thing. Uh, but until then, week, week, top three. the x-men goods were above par uh one was better than the other and i'll talk about that in a bit the other two uh were just okay but i think my actual honorable mention will be a call out for a book called the fourth man number two uh just really solid it's jeff mccombsy leave luffridge and mike diodata are doing it uh it's that photo referential art it, it was know? a good book it was a good book but it wasn't worthy of a honorable mention or top three for me oh uh, okay that's fine um, there's this air of mystery to the whole thing that keeps me coming back, you know, and I, I'm really anxious to see, you know, where that's going to end up. Uh, so my number three, though, this week is Devil's Reign, number four. Hey, that's my That's going to be three. my number three as well. Excellent. Uh, that's everybody's number three. Consensus number three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. This will be, this will be a quick and easy, uh, go at it. Um, this is a fantastic issue. Uh, it had a lot of filler, okay? Uh, but it was still very entertaining filler. The Fantastic Four breaking out of prison. Matt going to visit Foggy after this time jump. Um, Matt and his brother having their interactions. Very yeah. cool, building up the drama. Yeah, but I liked all the character interactions. Though. Oh, but yeah, yeah, go ahead. But yeah, this final page, though. It's all about Kingpin. It's all about Fisk using the power of the purple man, which he's been using the whole time to basically get over on the entire world. Um, but he asked it to give him his memories back. Basically he wants to remember. And now he does. And it is on Matt Murdoch. He remembers who daredevil is. That is such a great stinger Dude, page. It is know? such a good cliffhanger. Oh, uh, I mean, that's oh, and I love I how like, it. And I love how they're kind of like, you know, like just directly telling us, yes, this is a born again reference. 
Oh, and, for sure. And I do I do like the artwork because it kind of feels like a throwback to the Miller era. It does look yes. like Frank Miller yes. work. Yeah, this was very good aping of his style here. I think that was on purpose, like you were alluding to, Taylor. Yeah, this is going right back to where basically Daredevil had his own sort of, you know, remembering moment back in in, in some other series. So very excited uh, to see where this goes. There's still, what, two issues of this? I believe so, yeah. A um, lot. But yeah, the thing this that book did drag in some places, it did that last page definitely like was the highlight of the issue. But I also really enjoyed all the character interaction they laced throughout this. Like, I really like uh, Fisk interacting with his son, Butch. I really like Matt interacting with uh, Foggy and interacting with his brother. Um, and I like I like the fact that uh, when Fisk told uh the Thunderbolts to go after the Purple Man's kids that, you know, the Rhino pretty much had a change of heart. Yeah, that was a good uh, that was a good character building moment for him. I also really like Smarmy Otto just like fucking being a super dick at the beginning of oh, this man, issue. It's so cool. All the autos are just yep. fucking crazy cool in this, man. Their book sucks. Their tie-in book. Their is book, I'm sure, is garbage, but they're fun here. At oh, least. they are so much fun. Uh, so yeah, my number three and everybody else's number three is uh, Devil's Reign number four. So how do we want to do this, uh, Dave? Uh, let's just how we'll start over. Dave, do your honorable mentions and then your number two. My we'll number two. okay, my honorable we'll mentions. All you, right, uh, Radiant Black number twelve. Not it, bad. Not it bad. gave you kind of the background on uh, I think it's Radiant Pink. Pink. Uh, dating Pink. number yellow. Uh, yeah, yellow was the guy, the other guy in the in the. You working Best at Best Buy? Buy. At Best Buy. <laughs> yeah, weird. So but weird. and he he introduces her to the to the Radiant Zero that gives her powers, and then like she gets these awesome powers, and her girlfriend breaks up with her. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think it was uh, just bad timing. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, but uh, Daisy number three, holy nice. shit! Yeah. Uh. Crazy supernatural end of the world apocalypse kind of things happening here. Uh, a lot it's of the bad. a lot of the bastard children of this fallen angel are uh, basically ascended. Yeah, uh, and they're you know they're all like a lot of them have physical deformities and stuff. And at the end of it, uh, they get I, I guess they get sent to heaven. I'm not sure what happens. They all the whole room of people just disappear. Yeah. Uh, no one left to fight. Number two. Nice. Um, Harvey Citizen's take on Dragon uh, Ball. Uh, pretty much these two guys, uh, the Val and Tamor, pretty much continue to have a rematch. And in the end of it, uh, Val disappears. Yeah. Uh, dun, dun, but, dun, dun. It, but it's like it's like the artwork is just kinetic fighting. Pico yeah. uh, Asio doing the art there. Yeah. Uh, but it's just kinetic fighting. You know, each, each panel has like a, a punch in it. Or something, and it's yeah. just insane that this thing runs throughout the book, this whole fight until the end. It only works because of his art, dude. Yeah, it's, it was terrific. Um, and my last honorable mention is going to be this Life Zero from uh, actually Stefano, my number two. I'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, Stefano uh, Vetti and Marco yeah. Ticetto. Um, it's yeah. it's it's a zombie uh, apocalypse thing. Uh, they they talk about uh, a mysterious cloud that kills people and resurrects them as zombies. That's uh, not even as important as that's not, but the Marco Chetto murders the art, the art in this. Yeah. Oh, is, look at this. Just 
just it is so terrific good. artwork it is beautiful artwork it's just uh i was kind of expecting something a little different and yeah that's not what i got cool uh that's actually it, my number two this week but it is good it uh is. my number two is the x deaths of wolverine number two that's my number one. Uh, <laughs> Damn, I told you it's a weak week, man. But uh, just Mora uh, on the run, outsmarting Mystique. We got the basically the Phalanx uh, Lock version of Wolverine on hot on her trail now. Yeah, and we get uh, a little more explanation about the cancer that Mora has, and that it has some kind of uh, Krokoan component to it. There's something going on there. This is the best. Mora is. <laughs> She is the queen shit, dude. I keep forgetting how badass she is because she's lived all these lives and she could do all this shit. She has no fucks to give. Cuts off her own arm. In a pool, in a tub full of alcohol. Yeah, told, yeah tub full of iodine <laughs> and then she cauterizes it with an iron. Just, just sick shit, dude. Yeah. Ben Percy, Federico Vicentini. Um, she's just a pure badass, dude. Just really fun to watch her do her thing. Uh, I love watching her get over on Mystique here. Just so great. So great. It was a good touch, like when Wolverine's there later, and like we see Mystique's skull and everything. So yeah, yeah, Moira does come off as a real badass here. Um, fucking Terminator Wolverine is such a daunting antagonist. You he know? ain't murdered nobody. Well, oh, Black Tom, he murdered Black Tom. We're so used to Wolverine, you know, being on the good guy side, and it is kind of cool to see here, you know, Wolverine as like the antagonist this like yeah. implacable hunting killing machine you know yeah. well who better yeah <laughs> it's a really it, great turn for him especially if you're using you know warlock to brainwash him you're using a a techno organic yeah. virus you know to get over but i am surprised they dropped her arm off so quick like you know it did feel like it was a big part of Inferno uh, coming out of that and going into this. But, I mean, if it's continuing that, that story. that plot point, like, immediately here. Yeah. yeah, if it's becoming, if this is a continuation of that story, it still works for me. You know, it still works for me. Uh, so, yeah, great, great issue, great choice. Thank uh, you. Yeah, those are all my books. Taylor, you're up number, uh, honorable mentions and number two. All right, I'll do an honorable mention for uh, Secret X-Men. It was a cool-looking book, and like a lot of the characters come out pretty well. Uh, Teeny Howard did a good job writing just shit-eating uh, Beto here. Yeah. But um, also an honorable mention for um, X-Deaths of Wolverine. I enjoyed it well enough. It was pretty cool. Nice. Um, also enjoyed uh, Superman, Son of Kal-El. You know, Tom Taylor's always solid, so, you know, no change in that this week. Yeah. Uh, my number two, though, is going to be um, Avengers number 53. Um, basically, this is just a continuing string of here's a couple of Avengers, here's a couple of these Masters of Evil, and let's just have them beat the shit out of each other. It was that. Namor took one to the neck from Kid Thanos, and it was yeah. such a, I, like, jumped out of my seat. I was like, oh, ooh, he got him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's not much, like, to talk about when it comes to these yeah. books, except for like, it's a series of these big, Oh shit moments, you know, yeah. like this fucking Dr. Doom. Anything. Yeah. Dr. Doom does like a fucking meteor swarm on the Avengers mountain. Um, Jane Foster, just fucking decking him in the face. Yeah. Just you know, just like, his ass. yeah. Tanking his spell and everything. <laughs> um, Black Panther coming out with his, like his, <laughs> he gets to have like his, you know, big Batman moment. He was he comes Red out. Panther. Yeah. He gets to like deck himself out with like, moon knights wraps and like crystals yeah. and like blood and shit and like 
Yeah. Like the dungeon master was like, hey, man, you can have five different magic items. And he's like, all right, I'm going to tell And he just picks the best ones. Yeah, it was rad. Yeah, Jason Aaron does a good job with these characters who are just like kind of like, hey, what's like a dumb idea I can do with this and make it super fun? And so, yeah, we have Kid Thanos, who is creepy as shit. We have like Doom Supreme, who is such a... OP, just so... Yeah, OP. he's such a motherfucker, you know, but... Yeah. Doom Supreme. Uh, <laughs> he is. He's like got he's got uh tomatoes and sour cream with Doom. Yep. So yeah, I mean, this is as always a big, dumb but super, super fun. fun book. Yep. Big it's dumb, just it's fun. sometimes that's all you need from a comic, right? And this does this better than almost any other book I can think of. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Uh that brings it to me. Uh my number two, just to re-mention it, uh, was Life Zero number one, Stefano Vietti with Marco Cicetto. Uh just a big surprise. Um, it wouldn't have been as good without this art, right? Basically, there's a black ops team, maybe, uh, who is breaking their captain out of prison during a zombie apocalypse, and things just go terribly wrong. Oh, yeah. Things um, go terribly yeah, wrong. By the end of it, the helicopter that they need to get out just, you know, crashes, and, and they can't get out. So It's it's reminiscent from that scene from Aliens where the, yeah, the, exactly. the jump ship <gasps> Oh, man! Game over, man! So, uh, yeah, it's a good book, but it's all about that Chichetto art. There's at least three or four pages here at the beginning where there's no word balloons, no insects. Oh, yeah. Just, just telling just your story. Just a lot with, of storytelling with through the art. Yeah, yeah very well done. So uh, that leads us to number one, Dave. My number one pick is going to be Apache Delivery Service number two. I'm still behind on this. I did snag the cover, but I did ah. not read either issue one or two. So uh, Essentially, it is the hunt for Nazi gold in... Vietnam during the Vietnam War. It's so weird. Apparently, the back That's a real uh, word jumble you just threw it together. Is. There. It, yeah, is. it sounds uh, like you went to random pages in a history book and just chose words. The story goes that uh, after Germany surrendered, there was a Japanese uh, captain on a destroyer who decided not to surrender. Oh. Uh, he had a cargo hold full of Nazi gold, and he essentially went to Vietnam to hide the gold. So cool. the the treasure hunter has enlisted a uh has enlisted the 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 man known as the Apache Delivery Service. He is a man who has fought in Vietnam, has left Vietnam, and the guy has brought him back because he is the best guide for the territory, mm. apparently. Okay. And and he, there is a lot of uh, American troops and Viet Cong fighting in this issue. There's still uh, Viet Cong going on. It, this I mean, is what during, year is it? This is during the Vietnam oh, War. Oh, it's during the Vietnam War. Okay, I'm with I'm back with you now. There were so many wars being mentioned. I lost track. I'm sorry. It 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 spins out of World War II, uh hidden Nazi gold by a Japanese captain. It's, nice. it's, it's a really crazy backstory, and there's like all this they there's like uh this supernatural element in there, uh where they're like, you know, they're talking about like uh nobody has time in the jungle to kind of take things easy because everything's always dying around you and you're just Ooh. part of that cycle it's very nice heady and that that's kind of year too no no that's matt kent oh that's right matt kent that's right matt kent uh tyler jenkins and yeah. hillary jenkins are uh yeah. doing the art duties they've but, worked on a, on a lot of books before but this is this is a very interesting take on the vietnam uh a vietnam uh era story with a horror element to it nice Good choice. Like I said, I'm still way fucking behind on this. Well, two issues behind. So. Uh, that leads us to our uh, last, because mine's X 
decibel or x yeah x decibel ring number two is my number one so taylor wrap us with your number one book of the week my number one was this week's issue of new mutants um, I will start off first and foremost by saying I did not like the change in artist. It wasn't bad per se, but you really miss that really awesome artwork we've had in previous issues. Yeah, it was a Danilo Bayruth doing the art on this one. It's usually uh, Rod Rice. It's yeah. like shoots and ladders. It this is, is actually yeah. a Martin Simmons cover. Martin Simmons is the artist who does uh, Department of Truth. Ah. And I hope he gets more big two work. I really do because he, he deserves it. But the other big strength this book has had ever since the um, – Ayala came to uh, be the main writer mm -hmm. is the character work. Yeah. I really loved all the interactions we have here. We got to see uh war star have his reunion with Thunderbird. We got to see closure for the lost club kids. Yeah. Who... Cosmar uh, scout had her moments with her sister and brother. That was very cool. Yeah. Um, we got to see like Danny and uh, Rain, you know, have a bit of a reconciliation. Yeah, over Tear, over the baby. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. There's a lot in this issue. There was. It feels like they're wrapping a lot of stuff up. They even wrapped up a fucking what's his name, uh, Farouk. Yep. They wrapped that up like he's going to Araco to get some sort of rehab. You yeah, know? and so that's what I think made this my number one is because we've seen this before, right? Like when they canceled X Factor and they were having to dump like all their shit into that last issue. Yeah. Um, that didn't go well, but I'm so impressed by how well they tied up all the loose ends in this particular issue. What did you think about No Girl? I thought it was. Pro I think it was a good touch. I mean, if it this, was like that was something we I hated were, it, but it was a good touch. We also we were talking earlier, right, about like at the beginning of all this when uh, Kosamar was talking to Danny Moonstar about like, hey, uh, I want to go through the uh, the Crucible. Will you help me? And Danny was like, oh no, but there's nothing wrong with you. We were talking about it ourselves at the time. That's not your call to make. It's like Storm giving that speech in X-Men yeah. 2. It's like, oh, oh, great weather lady. Yeah. <laughs> like, You're going to talk down to the girl who literally can't touch anyone. Yeah, okay. So weather goddess tells girl yeah. who can never have human contact that there's nothing wrong with her, you know? Yeah. Same deal here. Okay, supermodel Danny Moonstar tells girl who is deformed by her own powers. <laughs> that, <you know? laughs> so, yeah, I like the way that they came back around to that. I like the way that they made it a good character study. Yeah. So yeah, the character work of this book has always been spot on. And this week was no exception. It has Where? consistently been awesome. And I, I'm super impressed by how well they did what is normally a thankless job of right. trying to like wrap up so much in one issue. Where does it go from here? Is it all brand new now? I mean, I assume they're probably like hitting the reset button as we go into destiny of X here. I don't know if we're getting a new creative team or like what the hell that happens. I hope I not hope because not. this writer is awesome. No, and this artist wasn't bad, but we should bring uh, back uh, that. Rod dude Rice. Rod yeah, Rice, Rice back this book. He was it, perfect for this book and I want to see him back on it. It for feels sure. like that Sinkowitz art, you know, from back in the day, it really makes it work. But, uh, yeah, again, solid book, solid series, solid issue, but I was really thrown off by, hey, we fixed Cosmar. Okay, great. Oh, we're going to fix No Girl, too. Wait, what? 
I, she hadn't even been mentioned needing fixing. Now you just—I mean, she was part of that brain. group. That whole thing with that group You're in the right. first place was that like they were the ones who didn't like the way that they were. You yeah. Know? So you know, it didn't come from nowhere. It's true, but uh it's weird to me. So now, no girl is just totally different now. Totally. Sarah weird. Bella, I think, is her name. Yeah, Sarah. I think I have it here. Let's see, says it down here. Yes, yeah, Sarah Bella. I'm sorry, that's dumb. That's a dumb name. Uh, I don't even know what wrong. no girl's powers are. I thought her powers were that she was a brain that could stay alive. I think that's it. Like maybe she, she must be psychic if she can communicate as a brain. So she's yeah. like, you know, mutant psychic number five thousand. Yeah. You know? uh, they actually made a joke about that in Secret X Men this week, which I thought was kind of fun. Not having a psychic on the team. Yeah, like you can't throw a rock without hitting a psychic. <laughs> yeah. mutant. Uh, my fa- I I really. I was really kind of let down by Secret X-Men. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the run. Boom Boom had some great moments. That's really the only reason I picked it up because Boom Boom's great. But it was definitely I it was definitely it was a weird honorable twist. mention where like, Deathbird was like for me. where Deathbird was like, let's do a test of the X-Men by pretending that what's her name got kidnapped. It's this like, is one of those books where like stupid. You can tell that like the premise informed like they had to build everything yes. around like wanting to get all the people who lost the um election into a story together. And you know why it just seemed pointless at the end. By the end of it I was like, well that was totally pointless. That was stupid. That's always the bad way to approach a story, right? Like here's the here's not like you know here's a story I think works organically, but rather like Here's, here's something. Here's like the corporate notes making a story. Yes. Yeah. Try but that being said, it was pretty in. good for that. You oh, know? yeah. Then the art was fantastic. The art yeah. was very fun. Um, and again, anything with Boom Boom in it. Bim- it was probably Boom Boom the best. Midrift, I'm, I'm, I'm reading it. Oh, Gomer. But it was probably, I, I think, I the best art of any X book this week. Uh, yeah. It's weird that there were, you know, three X books and they were all above par. Um, but nothing beats Moira. That was my number one again. X Death of Wolverine number two. Ben Percy Moira really out. was a boss in this book. She's sure. awesome, dude. I keep forgetting how boss she really is because she's lived ten lives. You know, I keep forgetting she's got all of these centuries now of of just especially that one life where like it was like the human. Oh, actually, yeah, that ties in with uh, what's going on in this story where like humanity yeah. was trying to get absorbed into the phalanx. Yes. Um, she lived like thousands and thousands of years in that one life. Yeah. Yeah. And the one where she, where she was joined Apocalypse. That was, you know, yeah, a long, she, long uh, time. Yeah. That was several generations later, right? That that one yeah. finally ended. And now in this book, she's got her sniper rifle out. She's ready to do some more damage. That goes right back to the life she had. I think it was life three where she's murdering, you know, all the mutants or all the mutant killers, you know? Yeah. She was uh, like her Black Ops life, whichever yeah, one that was. Yeah, dude. Love that shit. So yeah, I'm really enjoying that book. Uh, I didn't expect it to be a Moira book, but I'm enjoying it more than I think the other one, the Quantum Leap one. I am enjoying the Quantum Leap one. I'm not but hating it, but it needs I at least appreciate that, that this one pot. is easier to follow. You know? Oh, for sure. Definitely. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of a weak week. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. We are out. Uh, big game tonight. Watch the game. Definitely. Uh, but come back tomorrow night because we are going to talk about all of the books coming out next week. It is a much better week next week uh, for books. Uh, Comic Book Bully should be back tonight. I'm not sure if they're having a show tonight because of the game. They didn't have a show last week, which is a bit off-putting because usually they're like, oh, yeah, we're not doing a show tonight for whatever reason. So 
uh, yeah, keep coming back to everything that we've got going on. Uh, check out our links at outrightgeekery.com for ways to get to everything that we've got going on, social media, uh, merch, Patreon, you know, you name it, we've got it. So, uh, yeah, again, thanks, everybody, for hanging out. But most of all, thanks to these jokers for hanging out with this joker. You're all so welcome. Always fun. We're going to do it again uh, next time. Same geek time, same geek channel. Kind of subdued this week there, David. Oh, man. He is, he is cool, calm, and correct. Ah. Making his Super Bowl bets on crack. Bet MGM. <laughs>